Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. My name is Michael Lejeune and I will be your host today on Game Changers. And I want to get right into the show by welcoming our guests, Bill Campbell and Barbara Kaler. Bill is the president of WTS Inc. and Barbara is a project manager with WTS Inc. Bill and Barbara, please take a minute to tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. This is Bill Campbell with Water Treatment Services. Uh, we provide turnkey facilities management uh, to customers in the commercial and government sector. Uh, what I mean by turnkey is we'll go in and manage all of the maintenance operations and other aspects concerning uh, operating either uh, municipal type uh, facilities or data centers or even uh, wastewater uh, facilities uh, for customers. And uh, we've been doing we've been in business for about 10 years now and uh, we're having a good time doing it. Good deal. Barbara. Hi, my name is Barbara Kaler. Um, I was hired by WTS, as we like to go by short and sweet, um, to um, get into the government sector. We've, we've been in business for 10 years in the commercial sector, and we were um, interested in, in pursuing government contracts. So I, I was hired to um, get our business set up, make sure we were um, eligible to um, submit RFPs to the government and then um, actually search for the opportunities. And I'm responsible for the administration portion of the, of the proposals and then um, compliance issues and actually the implementation of the contract. Good deal. Well, today we're going to be talking about successfully completing the bid protest process. And, and you guys, um, we've been in touch for a while now. And I remember when you guys got this particular contract. You guys are super excited to win it. And uh, the way I'd, I had kind of looked at it was you had you'd been winning some little stuff and then this was your big breakout contract. And I remember the, the email that you guys had won it. And then I remember the email 
that you guys, this was under protest. So it's like you, you bid, you won. When you won, how did you feel? Describe how you felt when you actually won the contract initially. Oh, uh, we were very gratified. Um, we had actually submitted three large proposals, um, and they were all hanging out there, and we were waiting and waiting to hear on, on them. Um, to see if we had won or not. And then when we were notified, uh, we, were, we were very happy. Um, our final, you know, all our hard effort had finally paid off. And we put many resources into research and writing, an excellent proposal, and uh, we're really happy to be given the opportunity. So, then, so, so you win, you're notified of the win, and then you receive word it's under protest. So what, what I always ask people is, you know, how bad did you freak out when you realized this thing is under protest? Uh, well, Michael, we were very disappointed. Um, I remember my, I could feel my heart in my chest. I was, we were just, you know, to go from, from being so excited to being disappointed and then all the unknown, like what happens next. Um, and you know, we knew it was going to cause delays that, that I knew without even doing any research. And as a result of those delays, we actually lost, um, a key employee, um, that took a job with another company as we understand. Mm. You know, we understand that, but, um, so we, we were very disappointed. Yeah. So, so what, what did the contracting officer tell you? You know, what, were they nice about it? Did they give you any recommendations or advice? How, how did, how did they handle it? Um, actually I was in contact with the contract specialist. Um, this person was very nice. Um, I could sense their frustration as well. I mean, it's not good. For the agency, it causes delays on their end, and it causes delays on our end. The proposal was put out in, in, Jan, in um, I'm sorry, in October, and then it wasn't until January that all the bids were due. So, I mean, there's a lot of time invested there. There were, you know, amendments and extensions, and that happens. But everybody thought it was over, and the first thing he said to me was, do you have an attorney? <laughs> I thought, oh, that can't be good. Yeah. Um, we have an attorney, um, but not one that specializes in contract law and speaks far. Yeah. So, so what was your first step in dealing with the protest? Well, Bill and I discussed it, and um, our first step was to call RSM Federal. Um, so thank you, Michael and, and Josh. Um You've, you've been a valuable resource to us. Um, you had a recommendation to us within hours, which was very important. Time is really of the essence. Uh, you, you can't wait. And uh, the attorney that you suggested was able to take us, and he was very experienced. And so it was a really good recommendation. Yeah. So, so and you guys are very welcome. We, we love helping you guys out. And uh, we, we really understood the, the time factor there and, and how important that is. So, so you decided to hire an attorney that specializes in government acquisitions. Walk us through that process. You know, what, what did he tell you when you first spoke with him? Um, well, he interviewed me a little bit. Um, I explained to him, you know, the background of our company, um, how we were new to government contracting. Um, we had some early, early small wins, but this was our, our first long, large contract. And his exact words were, well, now you have a target on, on your back. Um, the bigger mm. the win, the bigger the target. And I said, well, nobody cares about the little contracts we want. And he said, no, no they don't. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's why, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people 
stop trying to shoot for success in bigger contracts is because of some of these these challenges. So, uh, so kudos to you guys for for continuing to plug away and go after other stuff. So, so, so when you talk to him, did he guarantee you'd win the protest? Did he give you numbers or stats on you know your chances or anything like that? Um, I was initially very confident that we would win. Um, we had heard that approximately ninety percent of contracts contract um, protests are denied, um, but our attorney made no guarantees. Um, he actually said the actual figure was way lower considering um, in that 90%, you're not counting all the ones that the request is withdrawn it's, or it's rebid, it's altered, it's canceled. So there, all those make that number way lower than 90%. Mm. So, so that's somewhat of a myth out there. Uh, according to your attorney, that 90% of those are all shot down. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really good information for people, people to know that. So how long did, uh, did the process take? Uh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like forever. Um, the entire process we took, we think took about 90 days. Yeah. Okay. About 90 days. Again, I think it's one of those things people think, Hey, we're going to go through, you know, there's this time window. There's this, you know, 10 to 15 days period here and, and probably three weeks in, we're going to have an answer and we're going to get our contract and money's going to start flowing. And for you guys, I mean, you're, we're talking a 90 day cycle here, um, to, to get the answer. So that, that's a big factor. You know, what, what actions did the attorney actually have to take on your behalf? Um, well, the actions were numerous, um, but some of the things he did for us, uh, he filed to be our representation. Uh, he filed a motion to dismiss. He filed a reconsideration of the GEO's decision to not dismiss. Um, he filed a motion to deny. Uh, there were a, also a number of issues that arose um, outside of the normal protest process that involved additional work and, and fees. Um, but, and, and we feel to this day that an, maybe an average attorney could not have navigated a process that was outside the, the normal scope. Um, so that's why we feel, you know, a very experienced attorney is necessary to navigate um, an involved process. Hmm. Yes, I, I can imagine this. This is not like a normal litigation, you know, scenario here. This is very, very specific. And and so having someone who is skilled at doing this, done numerous ones, I mean, you, you just you threw out a handful of things there um, that I was like, oh, OK, he, he did this or he did that. Um, it, that I don't think the average attorney would have thought of, you know, they would have just thought, well, how do I respond to this? Not necessarily filing other motions to dismiss or different things like that. Um, which, which seems like a, a really big deal. Um, can you give us a general idea of, of the cost to deal with this? I mean, obviously there's attorney fees, there's internal resources that are probably harder to figure out, but even just from an attorney's fees, what, what are we looking at on cost for something like this? Um, we approximate the attorney fees for this protest were about $25,000. And did, did he say that was kind of average? I mean, that's average for one of these or, um, he, he would, <laughs> he would never give an average. Um, he, I remember he told me this will be over in a few weeks at a, you know, very simple, um, simple process, very few dollars all the way up, um, to the court of appeals, seven figures, and it could go on for up to a year or more. So oh, wow. wow. He gave so, me best case scenario, worst case scenario. Worst, worst case scenario, you could have been tied up for a year doing this. So so that that's pretty wild. Um, do, do you feel like going through the process that it was 
I, I hate to say cut and dry, but but somewhat cut and dry of you you did three or four things. They answered, you guys won, and it was over? Or, or was there some back and forth at all? There was tons of back and forth. Okay. Um, yeah, just too many things to go into in a, in a, in a short interview. There, there were a lot of volleys back and forth, um, and then when we didn't hear from him for a few days, <laughs> then we got concerned, you know, but then every time yeah. we talked to him, you know, there's a fee involved, so it's kind of like, yeah. Right, right. I tried to just let him do his job and be quiet. Um, yeah, you almost don't want to talk to your attorney because you're like, no. you're, you're, on the, you're on the clock. So was, well, We're friends now, so we, we have uh, personal conversations. There, there you go. <laughs> was there a lot of conversation between him and the government, or was that um, he, he filed a bunch of things and then you just had to wait or, or did the government come back and actually ask for more documentation or or push back on anything? How, how did how did the the conversation between him and the government go? Well, I, I can't answer your specific question because he, you know, a lot of things he couldn't tell us. OK, um, there's a lot of things that are come under the, the privilege. Um, we received uh, redacted information later, but a lot of the things that they exactly talk about, he couldn't share with us. But I would say, yes, there are, there were multiple volleys back and forth. They, he would call them, they would call him back. He would call us, we would respond, he would go back. So yes, lots of back and forth. Yeah. So I, I think that's really good for people to hear that, you know, that, that the government is communicating back and forth. I, I did not know and when you said that, that was kind of a surprise to me, but I think that's good information for people to hear as well, that um, there was information that couldn't be shared with you. Did did he happen to share with you why there was information? I mean, because you're the client, right? So, or, or is it just one of those, hey, we're, we're talking attorney to, to attorney here and we're not going to play our cards? Is that kind of what, what was going on? No, not at all. Um, the purpose of the um, limited information is for the protection of both the protester and, in this case, our role was defined as intervener. Okay. Um, so they're not given a copy of our proposal. We're not given a copy of theirs. Um, so if you don't have an attorney and you're the intervener, you really don't have all the information. You're missing a big portion of it. You're missing all their proprietary information. Uh, and the purpose of this is protection. You you will probably run into this competitor again. They, they, they're they in your niche market. Um, we don't want them to have our proposal and, you know, right. we don't, they right. don't want us to have theirs. So right. that's, that is the reason, but it makes it really difficult. Um, you know, you feel like you're flying blind at a hundred miles an hour and, you know, you're spending all this money and you don't even know what he's saying on your behalf. It's, right. it's a bit, it's almost an impossible situation to be in, but you just have to hang in there. Right. Well, I think that that's really important though, because uh, I've always heard even from attorneys and I actually, I know your attorney, obviously we, we recommended him. I've actually sat in his sessions uh, at conferences and heard him say, you can do this without me, but you know, here are 18 reasons why you should have the attorney. And, I, and that right there is one of them, because I would assume if you're getting into a protest situation and it comes time to look at their proposal or whatever, you, you can't be involved in that. Like you said, it, it's pr protecting both of you guys. So, uh, so really, really interesting stuff there. Cause I think a lot of people, uh, are, if you're going to go through government contracting, you're going to experience this at some point, if you're going to have any measure of success and understanding what, um, what we are talking about here in this interview, what to expect, I think reduces a lot of the stress. I mean, if you knew going into it, 
all of the things that were going to play out and that it was normal, would that have reduced your stress level in, the, in all this? It may, maybe at least a little. I don't think for me, no. Yeah. What do you think, Bill? Uh, I, I, I guess maybe getting a grasp on what the cost would be and know what to expect so you can plan for that type of uh, – uh, aspect uh, that would help me and not be because I didn't know where it was going to end. You know, it's it's kind of like you know we just kept on writing checks and you know and it seemed like it went on longer than but maybe knowing ahead of time that you know it, it's probably going to end up being at this amount, then you can kind of plan for that and maybe get a little bit better feel for that. Yeah, no, I. I definitely know what you're talking about. I, I've been involved in, in court stuff, just running all these companies and, you know, the attorneys just keep doing stuff and that, that always translates into another big check of some sort. So it, it can be very frightening and very frustrating. So again, I think having all this information, understanding what's normal in the process is, is very, very helpful to the listeners. So, so out of this, um, you know, what was the most difficult thing in, in your guys' opinion that happened during the process? And may, maybe we've already hinted at that, but, um, I'd just be curious about what was the most difficult thing that happened during this? Well, the most difficult thing I think was not knowing what was being said. Um, he would tell us what he was doing, but he couldn't, he couldn't tell us exactly what was being said. So it, we, we had to hope and assume that he was doing a fantastic job, but honestly, we really didn't know. I mean, we, we knew by the, I could tell after I talked to him for, for 15 minutes that he was the type of person that I could work with. We had, we had a really good rapport when I, when I first talked to him and, and I kind of held on to that. Um, and he would communicate with another attorney and tell her, you know, you did a really great job writing this. So I thought, okay, well, he's trying to tell us that it was great, but he can't tell us what he said. So that for me was the most difficult. Yeah. Just, just the lack of information there, Bill, Bill, what was the most difficult thing for you? Was it, was it the, the financial side of it? Not knowing where, you know, when this was going to stop. Yeah. The waiting was kind of the, the, mo the, in the blackout of the information. Uh, that was the most difficult part for, for me. Uh, the, the blackout part, it's hard to describe. It's, all you can really do is uh, hear what they filed, uh, hear information back from your attorney, but you don't know any more information than that. Uh, and, and they t they kind of tell you that you can hear it in their voice, the difficulties they're having, like in our case, which we had, uh, and that makes you more concerned, and, and especially when they can't go into details about uh, why they're having the difficulties that they're having. So. And, and during this whole process, was the government basically silent? So the contracting specialists completely silent, no communication from any of those folks? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, it was, I, and that was another part that was difficult. Uh, stepping back a little bit, the contract specialists, I think the last thing they said was, you know, uh, you guys have an attorney, right? And I think that's the last thing we heard of them when we were on the verge of, getting a signature back from them, which would have been a fully executed contract. Mm -hmm. And then it just went silent until the protest was over for the next, you know, the communications between the contracting officer and us were silent. Yeah. Yeah. I, and to me that, that can be really difficult. I mean, once, once you're, you're on the verge of a contract, then it goes silent for 90 days. 
and then trying to pick back up. And like you said, you even losing an employee during that time, those are all things that are, that are very, very challenging. So the, you know, the big question that a lot of people would ask is, you know, so what did you learn from this whole experience? Um, well, what I learned is, um, I, I educated myself, um, so that I knew exactly what my attorney was talking about, because there are different words. Uh, there are, um, you know, what is an intervener? What is what is the protester's role? What is the agency's role? What what is the recourse? Uh, what are the rules of the protest process? This is all public information. Um, there are there are GAO articles all over the GAO website. I also read several. Uh, reports written by um, other legal counsels offering advice um, about which way to go. Um, I read um, opinions about what the protest was designed for and what it has actually become. Um, it was designed for a, a quick decision. And <laughs> in the government world, 100 days is quick, yeah. according to my attorney. Um, and, and a process for uh, re-examination of the RFP um, process and award and to give contractors a voice to uh, express their concerns um, like a check and balance. Um, and the intention is to increase competition in the marketplace. Um, however, some experts feel that with the number of protests per year, which are climbing, if you look at the statistics, um, a lot of people feel it's actually had a reverse effect and it's limiting competition. To your point, um, a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't want to get involved in a big contract because I don't even want to bid on it because it could get protested and because it could cause delay. So you can see where in some ways it's having a, a negative effect, I, I thought. So my advice would be do a lot of self-study. The first day I talked to my attorney, I didn't know what he, you know, much about what he was talking about. The next few times I talked to him, I was very well versed in the process. You, you, you know, educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when, um, when you start to go through any sort of litigation, one of the first rules you find out in the United States is anybody can sue anybody for anything. And, and anytime a lawyer gets involved, the odds are it's coming out of your pocket, you know? And so I, I, I don't know if anybody's got this question in their mind, but I assume somebody's thinking, so you won the protest. Did you get reimbursed for your attorney fees? I know the answer to that, but why don't, why don't we let you guys talk about that one? no. Uh, hey, Bill, Bill, you're <laughs> laughing. It's like, what are you talking about getting reimbursed? You know, I, that that's just not even remotely on the radar. And and people can spend tens of thousands of dollars defending themselves, and there's absolutely no recourse. Uh, am I right? I mean, there's there's no re. There, there, you didn't have the contracting specialist or somebody say, oh, we'll go ahead and submit an expense report for that attorney fee now or anything like that. Uh, I think or, there are some situations um, where you can go, you know, if there's a, not in, not in our case, but there are some right. other cases when the attorney gets involved and you can actually ask for, you know, reimbursement of attorney fees. Uh, I've seen, oh, the other thing I wanted to say is you can read the decisions of the GAO um, right on their website. Uh, I read <laughs> several months worth and I, I did take comfort and, you know, most of the ones I read said deny, dismiss, deny, dismiss. Very few um, were overturned and 
a lot of times people ask for reimbursement of attorney fees, but I didn't see very many, very many that got reimbursed. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that happens very often. So, so what are the two or three recommendations you have for other companies that get that letter saying your award is under protest? The first thing I would recommend is hiring the best attorney you can afford. Unfortunately, um, you need someone very well versed in FAR, like my attorney says to me, but I speak FAR. You don't speak FAR. No, I don't know all the the ins and outs of of FAR contract law. And you need someone that you have a rapport with. This person is going to represent you and you're not even going to be there to hear what they say. So it has to be someone that uh, you feel confident in and comfortable with. Um, I consider myself a good judge of character and and I knew this was the right attorney for us having spoken with him for only a few minutes. All really, really good stuff. I don't know if you have any final thoughts, but if you do, I'd love to hear some final thoughts you have as we go to wrap this one up. Um, one, one of the ways that we, (laughs) we try to keep each other positive. We kept saying, but the agency chose us. They want us. They chose us. They're, this will probably work out. I know I, I held on to that. Um, so just, just hang in there. 90 days is fast in the government world, but um, it's not easy. Bill, any final thoughts? The agency is on your side, even though they can't, uh, I don't want to say they can come out and say that they say it just by choosing you, but um, right. you, you know, it's, it's, they want everything to move forward and, I think they're not allowed to say it, but I think they are very happy when you do have an inter- intervener uh, and have an attorney on your side, because I, from my understanding, a lot of the precedents and things that were cited that the government used, that the GAO used, were research done by our attorneys and our, uh, you know, our efforts on our end. So uh, no one's going to work as hard for you as your attorney is and you are uh, even though, you know, they have, they have more time on their side than, than you have on your side. So, yeah, I would say uh, those are just my comments on that. Yeah. No, that, that's really powerful stuff though. You know, understanding and keeping hope by, un, by really just understanding that they already chose you and understanding that they're not doing this to you. The government's not doing this to you. It's another contractor that's doing this to you doesn't mean you need to get angry with them. It just need it just means it's not the government that's doing this to you. You know, I, I did have one final question that popped up while you were talking, Bill, something interesting that, that you guys have mentioned here. You guys actually fought back right out of the gate. Did the government or did your attorney tell you what your chances were? Had you not done that? Because you didn't necessarily have to fight back. I mean, they could have done the protesting stuff on their side, and you guys could have just sat back and waited for the dust to clear. Um, Did you get any education or coaching or counsel on, hey, here's what happens if you don't hire an attorney and don't try to intervene in this process? Of course, he would tell us that it was um, a good thing. I mean, he's a businessman too, um, but... I, I believed him. I could tell by his character, just the way he would talk to us. Um, I just felt, you know, having him would, would be a good thing. Um, he told me later that um, some of the twists and turns of this protest were, were such that had we acted alone as the intervener, uh, the decision could have certainly gone the other way. And I believe him. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's one of those scenarios where if you don't know how to navigate the process, you try to do it alone or you try to do nothing, the the chances of the other party being successful just continue to climb. I mean, is, is, right. is, is what I hear through this. So, so, right. so good on, good on you guys for grabbing an attorney. It's, it's unknown. Uh, but I, I think the shortest way through the process is, uh, getting an attorney. The, uh, the alternative is not knowing what you're doing and then god forbid if they uphold the protest or the agency just says uh just rebid it you second guess yourself all through the process but you, you need to come i think the best course of action is to come out fighting right away and fight for what you want and fight for what you earned in the process Good deal. No, really valuable stuff. Come out fighting. I love that. I I wish I could just title it "Come Out Fighting." Uh, you know the the bid protest process. So I I just want to thank you guys for coming on today and sharing this. I know it was an emotional roller coaster while it was happening, and we really appreciate you guys including us in that. So thank you guys so much for coming on today. We really really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. you guys are welcome. So I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. You can also learn more about each of our guests by visiting the official Game Changers website at rsmfederal.com forward slash Game Changers, where we'll have a link to their website and bios and different things like that. Last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the Federal Access Program at rsmfederal.com forward slash FA for more information on how you can find and win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash Game Changers.